This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, we're joined by Leon McKenzie, who's promoting his uh, autobiography, which is called My Fight uh, With Life. Um sort of you you wrote that book leon around um sort of from journals from from your your time in prison and obviously it's quite a, a personal journey of not just your career and your um you know and as a footballer but also the various different events that have, have happened in your life and it's quite a sort of stark sort of contrast between the highs and the lows um what made you want to write that book um i think just so, so much has happened <clears throat> over the period over a period of time in my life it's been a it's been an interesting journey and um especially the time when I had the hiccup with the sort of prophetic situation with me ending up in prison for mm. the driving uh, situation. Um <clears throat> I've just done a lot of you know, just done a lot of thinking, obviously I had a lot of time on my hands and decided just to do a lot of writing while I was inside and in doing that I was just going over a lot of things and going over my career and my life and you know, mistakes were made and everything else as you do. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was isolated at the time. And it was just a time to reflect. And uh, well, I found like um, I was just writing, really. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, obviously, I mean, I, I, I read the book. I say your, your publisher was kind enough to send me an advanced copy. And it, it really is a, a fantastic read. It's, like I say, it's kind of <laughs> fascinating because it's about, you know, I love reading sort of books about football and footballers and the careers that they have, but mm. it's easily the most honest book that I've ever read. And like, because of the way you, I mean, I'm sure you've done it deliberately. It's, it kind of shocks mm. you almost straight away because you get to that, that moment of your absolute low. Um, but we'll come to that. What I want to do is I want to take you back to sort of the first, um, sort of first days. You, you obviously, you're born into a, a boxing family in Croydon. Um, your your dad was uh, Clinton McKenzie, wasn't it? And your uncle Duke, both top boxers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. at what point, though? I imagine you, it was a bit of a draw for you to maybe follow a similar route. At what point did you know it was going to be football for you? Just um, after I left um, Chipstead Football Club, um, I was still at, I was just, I was still at school. I was at a school called Woodcote High School in Causeden, and uh, Peter Nicholas his son went to the same school as me and just by chance you know I believe I believe in, in fate quite a lot and you know I felt I was destined to <clears throat> make it happen and that call came to pass I knew that Crystal Palace had, had been watching me uh, as I was a kid at 
you know, playing Sunday League football. And um, I just kind of uh, picked up the phone, you know, literally when I left school, I picked up the phone to Peter Nicholas and, and basically begged for a trial. And that is the honest truth. Like, when I mean begged for a trial, I was just like, please, please give me a chance to, to, to prove myself. <clears throat> that was Even a- though they had been watching me. That's at like fifteen years how, old, what you put, wasn't it? Yeah, about fifteen years old. I would have been there, just just maybe just turning, and um, yeah, I just literally called up and and got the trial, and you know, so to be honest, I was miles behind everyone else. Mm. You know, that was at Crystal Palace at the time, miles behind. I had ability, but from like a professional, being around sort of like you know, kids, uh, you know good like youth team level I was miles behind ask anyone so I had to do a hell of a lot of work you know hard work to get to the even I mean to get to the stages that I got I had to do a hell of a lot of hard work yeah I mean again that's, that's another subject you, you go into in your book you talk about Steve Koppel and how much he helped you as as well when you sort of broke into that first team um, and the sort of one-on-one mm. sessions you did with him, which is, was fantastic um, you do describe this moment very vividly in your book obviously you go on go into some detail about how in prison you got to talk about this as well. So I'm going to let you tell us about it again. Uh, your debut for Palace as a 17-year-old, um, what was that like and, and scoring that first goal as well? A dream come true. Um, it's, it's where I'm from. So, you know, all my family and friends were there supporting me on, on the night. I just was so confident as a, as a kid of that age. I was just so confident because I know... I know how hard I've worked to get to that stage, even though that I'd been given the opportunity. I know what, what I had to do to get to that stage. And then, again, I just really just took, grabbed it with both hands. And it was a, it's a dream come true for any kid of that age to be able to to come through the way I did. Um, so I thank Crystal Palace a lot for that, to give me, giving me that opportunity. Yeah, it's, I say it's one of my, my earliest Palace supporting memories as well. I'm only a couple of years younger than you myself, but like... I just yeah. I, I don't know I can't remember you coming through and getting that it's a tag that was given to a couple of people but I think it was certainly deserved in your case was of coming through as the new Ian Wright he really sort of when he first <laughs> burst onto the scene it did kind of look like that's what that was going to happen and again from reading from reading your book it's it's you know it's frustrating for me to actually read it when um I see the kind of reasons yeah. you ended up leaving Palace as well which is which is a real shame but yeah it was uh, I mean. I think as you know, when I, I go into it in my book and obviously try and make everyone kind of understand, yeah, there was a sort of expectation of me, and I think to not be too hard on myself, you know, Ian Wright for me was the best in in that respect from a goal scoring point of view. Even when he went on to Arsenal, he proved that, and um, you know, to be put like even named, you know, to be put in his kind of like bracket at that particular time. Um, was like wow, like okay, you know, so it, was, it was a lot to take on, and I didn't, I didn't really quite fulfil it, um, you know, coming off the bench a lot, and it was, it was hard to kind of really kind of find my feet. But at the same time, the way I sort of left Crystal Palace, which I explain in my book, is uh, literally the truth, um, and I try and break it down as easy and easy as as I can, um, and direct and. Of course, uh, I would have loved to have stayed at Crystal Palace, and I, I went on to score, get goals in my career because I became that sort of, um, you know, I had, I knew I had that goals in me because I proved it. Mm. But it was just, it was just being given that chance, really, and unfortunately, it never, um, it never happened later yeah, it on a, in my career, at Crystal Palace career. 
obviously a really hard time to be at Palace. Some of the some of the spell there because of a lot so of the much. times, yeah, that's right. Even with the administration stuff yeah. and everything, and yeah, there was a, there was some some tough tough times, but at the same time, there were some some fantastic people that um, sort of uh, I, I was um, inspired by. Such as like Le- Leon, Leon, who, at the, for those people who weren't sort of maybe Palace fans at the time or, or weren't watching Palace at the time, who were who you playing alongside? Who are you competing with up front for a place in the Palace side at that time? Oh, there would have been a few of players. I mean, you had like Bruce Steyer, Steyer, Dougie Friedman, Gareth Taylor at the time. I remember rightly. Mm. <laughs> That's um, an interesting name from the past. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you remember uh, for, for a lot of money, didn't we? We uh, paid a lot of money, and I still got no right. idea why. Was it Bristol Rovers? I mean, there was a few players. I mean, the cut is it Culver? Do you remember Culver? Yeah, yeah. Aussie like guy, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, these are all great guys in that. But to be honest, I felt that I was probably just as good, if not a little bit better. But mm. Again, it's all opportunity. I think coming through the youth team uh, ranks and everything probably hindered me a little bit um, rather than sort of getting brought to come in and do a job for Fiscal Palace. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. it can kind of work against you, I- I'd say. Because I was probably, in a, you know, with the Gareth Taylors and everyone that come in at that particular time, um, no disrespect to them, but I think I could have done as good a job, if not better. So give them a chance. Certainly- sort of thing. But that's just a bit, you know. That's just business. That's just football. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. I don't blame anyone for that. That's just that's just the way football goes sometimes. No, look, I honestly feel I could have done a better job than Gareth Taylor. To be quite honest with you, so yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like, I mean, I don't <laughs> want to use his name as a as a as a sort of like speaker. I'm not using. I just was example of of the yeah. you know the names that are. I, I obviously had the, you know. I think even ships played. I played with ships a few times as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, there was some good players there that I, I respected, and probably one of the cleverest I played with was Bucky Friedman. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, mm. who who was the best you, you sort of played with at Palace? Um, I think you know what. Um, it, it kind of a it's, there's kind of a few players that had a important role. Even people like Dougie Friedman. Um, when he sort of came in, how he did, um, I, I learned a lot of him. Just the way he, just the way he moved, his movement and everything, and he was a very, very clever player. So I learned a lot of him. And Atilio Lombardo as well, as much as he was coming, you know, he was at the back end of his career. Like what a professional he was. So there was a, you know, there was a few players that that helped me, but not just in my position. People like Gareth Southgate and that, who were proper gentlemen on and off the pitch. Who 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 really like helped me and 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 gave me confidence. Leon, just, just um, talking because you, because you joined Palace at such a young age, I saw that you actually uh, were interviewed for the Croydon Advertiser last Saturday, and um, yeah. I was reading the piece, and uh, of course there was a mention of a certain Wolf Zaha, who's obviously creating a bit of a storm at Palace at the moment and uh, ruffling a few feathers. Um, mm. youngster yourself in the Palace team, if you had like mm. advice to give to Wilf about mm. what he should what he should yeah. do next in the current climate, what would you say to him? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got a little bit more ability than I had. 
<laughs> and uh, he, he's a uh, he's a special he's, he's a special he's a special talent. Um, sorry, got, um, I watched him. I watched. I'm getting a bit of feedback here, aren't I? I know, I know. It's coming from uh, it's coming from Mark Holland. I'll sort him out. Don't worry. <laughs> just just carry on, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've w- I watched him play against Peterborough. I was at the game, and uh, again, he's a special talent and huge potential. Um, I love the way he collides past players. I love he's uh, you know he's, he's very clever in what he does. Um, you know, it's a few things he's, he's got to kind of get better at, especially when he he gets a whack and that. I don't think he really likes to mix it. So um, I think you know people along the way will be trying to sort of smash him, and he's just got to learn to kind of sort of I, I think kind of just concentrate on his game because there's a couple of times where he probably just got a little bit distracted. From from you know certain little things, and he gets a little bit frustrated, which which good mm. players do. So he's got to be careful of that. But as for him as a player, he just keeps constant concentrating on what he's doing best. Concentrate on what he's doing for Crystal Palace. Don't believe too much of the hype. Whatever thing goes around him, what will be will be. And I think when it is time, then then so be it. I think he's still at such a lovely age, and it's a fantastic club to learn your you know your trade. Um, and I think he's playing under a very good manager. He's in the best hands. I know Ian Holloway very well, so he's in the best hands in that respect. And I just think, you know, maybe another season or two, you know, you guys might even go up. So, you know, let's not get excited for him trying to get here, there and everywhere because there's no guarantee that he's going to play at a, another club anyway in, in the higher ranks, you know. He might yeah, not play, but he's going to play every week at Crystal Palace. So. I think if I'm giving him advice, it would be to say, look, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, keep confident, keep producing the goods, and when it's time, it's time. Mm. Okay, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, obviously, he's, yeah, he is playing in front of people he loves, but I mean, because he's sort of grown up in the area as well, obviously he gets, a, he gets you know, that adulation from the crowd all the more, I think. But, I mean, mm. it's interesting, obviously, you, you grew up in a Croydon area yourself as well. Obviously, it's yeah. a it's a difficult life in and around sort of Croydon, South London, that kind of area for, for a lot of people. And, it is now. Yeah, it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and a lot of these guys, you know, they're escaping that life through through football. And but it is sort of going That's from right. one extreme to another, isn't it? They're going from kind of abject poverty and you know real genuine sort of dangerous situations to to a, a life where if they're as good as someone like Wilf, you know, it, they can get. Right. All the riches that you know, and all the attention, and all these hangers-on, and what have you, and and I kind of I see mm. that as potentially it's a reason why that's there is a struggle to cope sometimes, like when a career comes to an end, or when you get an injury, or or just generally when you're mm. uh, you know a difficult spell, and that's kind of getting back to what your book's about. Do you think your background has an effect? Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm another. I was raised from a fantastic sort of, uh, love and family. Um, and you know, like we do. I mean, I had some bad friends, and and I had uh, I had a choice to make at that, that age, and uh, I made that choice. Uh, the sacrifices that I did make to to become what I wanted to be. Um, I think what you have to be careful with uh, as a young professional is is that along the way, you know, certain things can happen in your life, and we go through bad circumstances, and that can affect you know, the way you think. Um, and also, as you do sort of like start rising up, which is what I will start doing, then you do have to be careful of the company that you do um, end up sort of, you know, there's people that do kind of 
latch on to you. Um, yeah. And they're not necessarily your friend. You just got to be careful of who who's around you, um, and just keep you know keep cool about where you're you know where you, the direction you're trying to go. But yeah, of course there's going to be hiccups in life where um, I'm hoping that you know even like what I'm doing now, I'm trying to I'm trying to raise awareness and trying to install that into the younger players too. You know, look after their monies and everything else and. And give them a, give them a, you know, give them a sort of head start, really. Because again, you know, if you don't ever, I was never sort of taught anything else, really, apart from, you know, trying to score goals and hold up the ball, everything else. So all the off the field stuff, you know, I had to learn myself, and I had to yeah. go through myself. It does, it does seem to be an area that's kind of like you suggest. It's not touched upon, really. I've seen various different sort of documentaries and programs. I can always remember uh, there was a program about Steve Clary's taking over it as Weymouth manager and he'd never made a cup of tea in his life and things like little things mm. like that and it's just it's kind of like a weird little bubble that, uh, that professional footballers live in from the outside looking in it, it seems that way anyway so um, well that, yeah. that's that I mean that's a, an extreme case isn't it I mean <laughs> to never make a cup of tea in your life that's an extreme case do you know what I mean yeah, 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 um, course, but I'm yeah. talking about the more serious you know the more serious kind of everyday kind of things um, you know the more serious matters like maybe losing someone in your family, you may go through a divorce, you may you may have a baby at a young age, you may get married at a young age. There's lots of things that can um, have an effect in, in your career um, and, and injuries and everything else. So um, that's what this thing is you have to be very aware of and hopefully you've got the right people around to support and guide you. Mm, absolutely. Um, before we sort of move on and talk about... Uh, as you moved away from Palace, I do have one question that you probably get asked an awful lot. But whatever happened to that mountain bike? The mountain bike I just gave to charity, you know, because the yeah. reality is that I'm not going to really be riding it around. Um, there's only a certain amount of time I was going to keep it for, so um, I, I just I just gave it away in the end. Yeah, James, there was a picture in your book with you uh, standing with it, which uh, which reminded me of it, which is just just an amazing moment. Yeah, I mean, I it's a good memory. It's a good memory to have, and it was a it was a picture that I I came across, and I thought, well, I'm definitely going to put that in because <laughs> that was one of the best days of my life, you know. Regardless of the, the confusing present I got, <laughs> it was actually a a funny gesture. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Would have preferred the car, but I didn't have a license, did I? Then so <laughs> no, no, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's think, I think I think a mountain bike was as good as it was going to get. Okay, fantastic. All right. Um, just before I let Mark uh, jump back in, um, obviously you leaving Peterborough, you'd, you'd had a little bit of a loan spell at sorry, leaving Palace. You'd had a loan spell at Peterborough and uh, and done very well there. Um, and you yeah. know that was that was pretty much. Well, the question really is: is that the spell that made you as a player when you went there permanently? You're averaging a goal every other game, and you know really made a name for yourself there. Was that you know? Yeah, you exactly. I mean, I mean. That's correct, yeah. I mean, I had, a, you know what, I had a lot to prove because um, the way I left Crystal Palace for the reasons I put in my book, I was a little bit, I was a little bit hurt from that, you know, from, from certain individuals that probably treated me uh, the way they did. So um, to leave like I did, I was, yeah, of course I was a little bit hurt, but the, I know the person in me, the character in me, is just like, you know what, I'm going to show them and really sort of stick it up and kind of thing, so to speak. Yeah. So. Um, I wanted to prove a point, and you know what? I found myself as a player because I got given the opportunity to to find myself as a player. And um, yeah, of course, I, I scored a lot of goals there. Hence, why I've obviously just got into the Hall of Fame now. 
you have any um, any difficulties adjusting? Because obviously Peterborough, certainly at the time, was uh, was a different standard of you know stadium facilities and all that sort of stuff. Was was it anything of a culture shock, or did that help in some ways? No, I mean I'm very humble when it comes to things like that. I don't sort of you know there was no culture shock in myself like football terms. I just knew I had to do the job and I had a point to prove. So you know being at like London, I mean yeah, it's, of course it's a different level and. Maybe the players I was playing around wasn't probably as good, but well, you know, enough worked hard, and I couldn't have done it without them particular players. So, um, you know, it was a good experience for me. But you know, again, it's all about timing, and the, the you know, it was the right time for me to leave when I uh, did to step back up to where I probably belonged. So, so uh, Leon, then, two thousand three, you left Peterborough and joined Norwich. And then you had mm. fairy tale debut. Would you like to tell us about that debut? Again, something that uh, I got um, called upon to do. Um, I made my debut at Portman Road at the at Ipswich and uh, came off scoring, you know, two goals and it, uh, another fantastic day. And I didn't realise how big that game was, but you know, sort of, you know, it's just obviously years back now. It was a massive, massive game. So that really kind of set off my career at Norwich. And again, just gave me confidence to go on and, and pursue my dream again of, of having another chance at the Premier League. Um, with, 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 with that spell in the Premier League, obviously it took a, it took a little while to sort of settle in uh, initially with that step up. But then you and Dean Ashton uh, had a really good partnership going. And uh, Was that the sort of the best strike partnership you experienced in your career? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Dean Ashton was a very, very clever, strong, good player. As you know, typical sort of centre forward. But you know, I think if he hadn't have finished um, through injury like he did, which was very sad as well, um, at the age of 26, he definitely would be playing for England now without a shadow of a That's how good he was. Um, but again, some things are out of our control, and um, mm. it was you know it wasn't meant to be. But yeah, he was the best striker I played alongside. Um, I was on the bench for, you know, the beginning of the season. Again, you got away for your chance and and uh, bide your time. And when I when I got my chance, um, I, I took it and then I stayed there. Uh, so it's yeah. a season I remember pretty well. Obviously, Palace were in there as well, and there's some in, a couple, mm. some couple of very good games between between ourselves. But again, you, you basically right. you. you Norwich ended up in the exact same situation as Palace, just just fell short of the last, really. And I think it was the last game of the season. You got an absolute hammering, didn't you? Six 0 or something. But but kind of as it all culminated. But um, but yeah, so so close. Um, sorry, Mark, you were about to ask a question. Yeah. So about two thousand and six, I think it was, wasn't it? Had a few personal issues, uh, and uh, you talk about that obviously in great detail in your book. And um, hmm. you asked uh, to leave Norwich. And uh, I think Nigel Worthington was your boss, wasn't he? Then that's correct. Yeah. What was what was his yeah, reaction? I mean, he, yeah, it was a, a little bit upset, but um, I just knew the reason for why I had to leave. Sorry. Was he understanding? Yeah, I mean, towards the end, not so much when we was going through it, but when I actually left, I think he he understood then. Because I don't think you realise how much sort of, you know, the, the difficult sort of period I was going through. 
it was understandable mm. yeah, sort of left because we've spoken several times since then and you know got you know got great respect for the man and, and likewise so um it was just one of those things that had to happen it wasn't it wasn't to do with an Irish football club but they, they treated mm. me fantastically well it was just something I had to to do is it um is it one of those moments where I mean obviously you look back you kind of wish wish it could have been different you wish that off the field issues hadn't hadn't forced your hand really because you know you'd settled in so well at Norwich that they absolutely loved you mm. there and you had a boss you you really seemed to yeah. love playing for as well but do you sort of mm. have a bit of regret about that? Well, you know what? It's not so much regret. It's just you know that that's the. the that's what cho- you know. Obviously, some some life's bad choices, and there's some, there's certain things I've done in my life which have, have been bad choices, and you have to take it on the chin, and you have to adjust to your future and and making it better for yourself. I think if I change everything, many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That happened in my life, then I wouldn't be the person I am today. Absolutely. So I had to go through certain, you know, I had to go through certain challenges to probably appreciate what I had and at the same time appreciate who I am as a person. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes in life you can just lose your way a little bit, no matter what job you're in. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, mm. you, you sort of, well, again, again, from there, it was quite a, um, quite a big move. It was, it was Coventry. They paid a you know, paid a decent sum for you. I think it was up to, rising up to a million quid. And you started pretty well correct, there. Yeah. But I think that's where your injuries sort of started, really, that it eventually led to, to, to you sort of retiring from the professional game, I suppose. So, Sort of quite a long run of yeah, of really. Problems. I mean, I I, um, I I was playing left. You know, I played probably for a couple of years left midfield. You know, oh, like yeah. for probably three quarters of my time in there. That was that took a bit of adjusting to play every week <laughs> in that position. But yeah. I was doing really well, so uh, that's what kept me uh, in the team and that. And and I, I you know, I've, I've always been an impact player, so that was uh, quite positive in itself. But again, the injury side of it. I'd, it's something that I just couldn't control, and I ended up, you know, rupturing my fire there. Um, I ended up rupturing my Achilles, and I think that one at the age of sort of thirty, I think I was thirty-one, and I ruptured my Achilles at that age. Uh, I just didn't really come back from that, so that was really difficult to take because, because uh, you know, all I wanted to do is just play football and kick on in, in my career again, but. It was getting taken from me, so I couldn't control my emotions. I, mm. it, it really hurt me bad, you know. Along with everything else that was going on in my life, it just put me in a place where I don't wish on anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And although 
Oh, well, this is it becomes the central theme of the book after after leaving Coventry after that period of time. You end up joining Charlton now. So, as a Palace fan, there's a huge mm. temptation to make a joke out of it and point out the joining Charlton mm. that would have made you so low. But you know, obviously, the, that... you know the only joke. Yeah. Well, the only jo... do you know the only thing is for that is, is that I must be a Crystal Palace boy through and through <laughs> because I never really it it never happened for me at Charlton. I just <laughs> I mean. When I mean it did not happen, it, it, it just didn't want to happen for me there. It was a good club, but wow, like, if there was ever a... I think maybe Crystal Palace were just saying, no, nah, no, nah, we, we don't want you to do well there. <laughs> That's it, I, from reading <laughs> so it. Maybe, it got, maybe I got jinxed, yeah, maybe, maybe I got jinxed along the way, because it never <laughs> it never happened there. It was nothing to do with Charter Football Club, but it never happened for me. No, I mean, obviously, and you talk there, what, what really struck me about what you talked about that is just how... You really, really hit home that no one at the club, that you know, people it wasn't that people didn't want to help you, but people didn't seem to know how. They didn't mm. seem to know how. Didn't know how. You... Yeah, didn't know how. Didn't know how and didn't know what to say. Really, mm. I mean, if you see the amount of injuries that I was picking up there, didn't start a game. You know, didn't start one game all season. But the amount of I couldn't get fit off the back of my ruptured Achilles off Coventry. You see, so I was trying so hard every day, every day, and just became so draining. But Oh man, if you walking in every day, you know, getting up was becoming, you know, a chore because I was just going in and I was getting treatment and it just felt so, I felt so alone at the time, just felt so isolated by myself and it's a shame and that, and that's one of the things in the game that I'm, I'm really trying to improve as, as a, as a man now and trying to raise more awareness to put that into clubs and have someone around in clubs that, is very aware of of players' emotions and everything else because it's just important as us to have a doctor or a physio at a club. Maybe you to have a psych- psychotherapist, psychologist, or whatever it is. I think yeah. it's, it's just as is important. Do you yeah, think, uh, Leon? Do you think that things have improved in the modern game a lot more now, looking back at your time? I mean, you say that oh, you cool. know there, there wasn't anyone around. But was it a case that there wasn't anyone around, or, or you? It was sort of a taboo subject, and you didn't really want to talk about it. And you know, it's a kind yeah, of sort of thing. You say that now. So you say that, but now you're asking me a question, and you already know the answer. What? Because I've already mm. explained it in my book. So if yeah. you read my book, you totally understand. Because what you're saying there is, is like, is there some? Or was there any? I'm not going to lie about something like that. I believe that the industry in itself, regardless whether it's a taboo taboo subject, I believe that there's not enough support within certain issues, especially with depression and things like that. Yes, it's getting better, but the time that I was going through it, that was one of the things that I picked up on. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So, yeah, yeah no, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it was a point of, uh, well, is it because I didn't want to say anything? Yeah, I was scared to, to speak out, but if you see the way I am, and anyone that knows me and my character, you see me come in every day. It doesn't take science to work out that, you know what, that, I think that player's going to be struggling a little bit. It's if that player's getting injury, injury after injury after injury, mm. it doesn't hurt for someone to pull you aside and say, is everything all right? You're right. How are you coping? No, absolutely. <laughs> is, is there more help, though, for athletes suffering in, you know, in other ways, in other sports, more so than in football? Say that again. Sorry, I lost you there. Do you think? Do you think there's more help for athletes in other sports than in football? Um, I think there may be behind? more switched on. 
Yeah. I think maybe yeah. I think I think I think they're in America. They're miles ahead with mm. all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I think um, maybe I, I know that they're they're quite clued up within the rugby industry. You know, especially that to do with like the the, the mindset and everything. All things to do with the mind and and that support and everything. I think they're quite sort of in front. Um, but you know, it's not just football. You know, you, you're seeing cricketers and and sportsmen like that sort of going through similar mm. kind of things as well, aren't they? And even boxers before it. So um, yeah, I think uh, in itself, uh, because obviously it's the industry that I'm familiar with, that's uh, that's what I'm trying to you know just, just to try and keep raising awareness. Yeah, I was going to we could take a sort of back to that. Obviously, the, the, the theme of the, of the book is very much that, and as, as you quite rightly said, you've pointed out that that the attitudes within the game aren't really sort of conducive to to people. You know, like you say, people don't. We were talking about people don't know how to help, but also it's difficult for people to ask for help. You're absolutely right on what you say there, and obviously your your aim is to try and bridge that gap somehow to try and you know get get a, something in and get i mean one of the one of the things that I'd sort of take us back to just finishing off your um finishing off where, where you left off i had to i have to ask you about gary johnson because that part of the book just made me laugh so much um because you didn't really hold back <laughs> talking about him um and i have to say from his time at bristol city when we were sort of fighting fighting with them for playoffs and what have you and things like that he just yeah absolutely when you say small man syndrome that was exactly what it was for us as as supporters and we, mm. we just he, we, he became a real yeah. hate figure for us and I think he just seemed like a total well, nightmare to work for well it's one of them. I, I don't really have a lot of bad things to say about anyone, but I think, you know, I only can judge a man that way he treats me. Mm. And that's exactly what I've done. So everything that you hear me say in my book is is the truth. And the way I've written everything is the truth. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the first day he came in, again, for whatever reason, he just didn't give me that respect, especially as like a senior pro and someone that has played a, a good level all his career um, he just didn't give me any respect whatsoever just very very just very weird and, and just the way he treated certain younger players now I watch things like that a lot because man management is very important and you've got someone like Sean Howard that has scored uh, a, a good amount of goals at them levels and uh, is a good player at that level and, and I think the way he was even you know treating especially players like that was just disgusting, and um, and I I, I tried to support, uh, you know, players like Sean, because um, so the guy's confidence. When I mean the guy's confidence was shot. That manager came in and just ruined certain players, and I I don't agree with that. So, you know what? My career, I had my career, but <laughs> there's no that little man there couldn't affect my career anymore. So yeah, yeah. of course I'm going to speak up for myself. I'm going to speak up for everyone else. Because what he's doing, what he did was wrong. You can't blame uh, your players all the time. Sometimes you've got to look at yourself. And he didn't do that. He's always putting on the blame, especially on the younger kids. And they're just kids. They're still learning. Try and teach them something. I have to say, it was so pleasing to read to read it because it just it kind of validated everything I've ever felt about him from looking in. So I really did enjoy that part. But... um. Uh, Mark's gonna sort of just take you through what you're what you're currently doing football-wise now. Hopefully, if he's still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I was just gonna. You were sort of retired, didn't you, officially, and then sort of 
you're back in the game again now, playing non-league for Corby Town. Is that right? Well, I'm not sure. I'm just say that again, please. Uh, so, Leon, I was just saying, um, you retired officially, but you've actually come back and you're now playing uh, uh, football for Corby Town in Conference North. So, how's that going? Yeah, I mean, I'm just ticking over. I'm not really... I come off the bench here and there. Came off the bench Saturday, and uh, put one. Uh, um, it's just nice to be around the, the younger boys and and and, out and seeing them sort of grow, and try, uh, you know, to the best best level that they can get. Mm. Um, and just so that, again, just helping out the I can't play every game because of my knee and stuff and everything else and yeah. uh, everything else that's going on in my life. What I'm doing it's very hard to kind of put all everything into Corby Football Club, but they're you know a fantastic little club and understand you know what I'm doing. But it's mm. just good to be around the place, and uh, and that's very much appreciated. Yeah, that's your your old manager there, isn't it, Ian Sampson, who was your manager at Northampton, and obviously yeah, someone someone he was. He's not there now. Work. Oh, is he not? Mm. Oh, no, Chris Summers and the manager now. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like you say, you come off the bench and, and 70 minutes, you got an assist and a goal sort of on Saturday, so still yeah. got it. <laughs> but, um, okay, yeah, the old, man, the old man can still put, put one in the back of it. I think it's more, I mean, I can't run like I used to, but uh, you put it in the, uh, put it in the future, I'm still doing Okay, you, I think we're slightly slightly losing the signal, but it should be it should be all right. Um, we'll um, we'll just well just sort of talk a little bit about your your future now. Give the next couple of minutes or so. I am going to have to just interrupt my own questions because uh, a mate of mine, Les Jill, says he knows you and to say hello. Do you know Les? Yeah, yeah, a... Les. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know Les quite well. He's a he's a, he's one of my Twitter fans. So we always speak on Twitter and that. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. Ah, oh, good stuff. He said, yeah, he said yeah. he did the fundraising event for his friend Laura, who had a brain tumour, so quality, thanks for that. But yeah, he just yeah that's right, I'm still yet to, I'm still yet to uh, get something to him, because I haven't even, I don't know what happened in the respect of he didn't receive uh, a shirt from me, so I'm a bit upset about that, so I don't know, I'm, I'm going to have to try and sort something out with him, um, <laughs> and hopefully meet him and, and sort that out, but yeah, and I don't think he actually received it, so no, I don't know what happened now. No, he didn't. He didn't say that much. So, yeah, he's obviously well. He's, yeah, he's a cracking bloke, Les. All right, excellent stuff. So he yeah. wasn't lying to me. I just needed to make sure. <laughs> um, no, no, no. He's a good lad. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Um, obviously, last last bit. We don't spoil anything in the book. I think we've sort of skirted around main issues, main issues really. But just to sure. sum up the book, what 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 do you hope people will get from reading your story? Uh, a more of an understanding um, about football. Um, just, uh, I think I've just tried to, to lay it down the best I could and, and make it a little bit different from just like your normal football autobiography because again like I've been through so much and it's been a very interesting journey and with the highs and lows um, just trying to make people understand that you know what as much as I've had a fantastic career and, and it's been really rewarding in certain places um there's certain things that have happened to me in my life that have been rubbish and, and really hard to come to terms with. And, you know, sometimes not all of us professionals earn the thousands of thousands of thousands of pounds a week, you know? Um, and, you know, some of us do have to kind of uh, hit that sort of reality point um, in life. And 
you know, go out and work again and everything else. So it's kind of putting that, you know, that whole stereotype of, you know, the footballer, oh, yeah, yeah. And if you hear the word footballer, you just think, you know, normal sort of person would think, oh, yeah, you're, you're fine and you earn like five or thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. You don't have nothing to worry about and everything else. It, just, it was just trying to put more of a understanding into the book of, well, you know what? This is kind of another side to the life now. And that's really how I tried to portray it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, as for the sort of the, well, the present and the future for yourself, um, I'm going to mm. cover. Well, I'm going to ask you first of all about your music. Um, you've released mm. a track that unfortunately sort of came out. I think while you were in uh, in prison, yeah, um, but, which sort of set you back mm. a little bit, I guess. But but have you got a follow up mm. planned for that? And, and what, what sort of style? Yeah, I mean, I, I, bought, I bought out a song with Harvey. Um, he have the you know, obviously so solid, extra solid member. I just came mm. out a big brother. Um, I've been friends with him for years and we decided to do something. I wrote a song and uh, we we got a single off the back of that called Finally and that's on iTunes now. Um, and that, yeah, that's been taken over. Unfortunately for me, it got released in the time I went, you know, went to prison. Um, so that kind of uh, messed that up a little bit. But I brought out another song myself um, called Give It To Me. Um, music is not really like I don't look at it as a from a career thing. I, uh, I look at it more of a um, it's something I enjoy doing and and you know just it's been quite uh, therapeutic in a lot of ways and you know I love singing. I'd like to think I'm quite good at it um, and it's just showing that um, you know uh, you, when we when we do finish careers and whatever it is. We, you know, we have got other talents that we can uh, explore and, and go down that avenue. And I say it in my book, you know, um, one dream, you know, one dream can end, but another can start. So, um, and that's, that's, you know, I take that with me in, into what I'm doing. And that, and that's where it comes into the whole boxing situation now, which is going to be a very interesting story. Um, obviously, I'm just waiting for my professional boxing license to come mm. through. And I'm and I'm going to be jumping in at some stage after the new year, so That's, I can't wait. Yeah, I bet you can't. I mean, it's obviously it's in the blood, yeah. so I mean, well, yeah, yeah it'll, be, it'll be a fascinating sort of next chapter if you like. Um, yeah, it will. Um, I've got everything to fight for anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Mark, Leon, yeah, um, obviously, uh, you know, you've had an eventful career and. Uh, mm. You know, and you've been through a lot for your career. I mean, the book's the book's great, and we don't want to spoil it for everyone what? who's still going to hang read on, it. Hang on, hang on. Are you reading my question? <laughs> Sorry, Leon. It was you're supposed to be asking him about elite. No, no. I am. Oh. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Management. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say. So because because of what you've been through you've obviously involved in this elite welfare management um correct, organization yeah. which is which is mm. set up i believe by vincent pericard That's um right. and do, do you want to without sort of spoiling it for everyone who's gonna read the book would you like to sort of tell everyone mm. a little bit about you know what it involves what you do and 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 what the yeah. object is ultimately well, like I said, with all the experiences and everything that I went through, I came out of the game um, wanting to raise more awareness. And in doing that, um, Vincent Pericard had already um, found, founded, obviously, um, EWM, 
and he approached me and said, would I like to come on board uh, as an ambassador? As a, I mean, I, I, my job title at the moment is in the coordinating kind of psychology area. Um, but I'm going to, for me, it's really about trying to get like one-on-one um, counselling with other players and and help them along. So it's about the welfare of, of, of players, really, the company is providing better services, um, stronger services, shall I say, um, to help their, their lifestyle um, and, and whatever that may be. So whether they're suffering from depression or whatever it is, or, you know, it can go, from, can put them on all different sorts of types of courses. And I think it's just giving them another option rather than always it, it just being focused, focused on the PSA. It's just trying to um, provide another solution for players. So they've got more, more support within the, you know, within what they're doing and what they're suffering. I've had, uh, several players come to me after I've done my article after I've done my article in the Daily Mail um, who I haven't even you know spoken to all my career I haven't played of yet and um, yeah it was just it was just really a it's just really just trying to raise raise awareness and, and get get um, EWM sort of alive and kicking really because and have uh, you had a fantastic of, sorry have you had a lot of positive feedback from it then yeah yeah it's been it's been it's been great um we're we're i mean as a company we're, we're pretty much ready to go um we've got a fantastic retreat in manchester called cape Horn. um it's a wonderful place where we can do a lot of work with players um obviously it's not just myself on board um john duncan is, is one of the psychologists there we've got a team of 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 people that are you know working in all different areas um but if, again, we're trying to obviously get that funding um, ultimately from 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 the PFA, but this is where this is where it becomes tricky. That's what I try and explain in my book because mm. we've had several several meetings with the PFA, but um, again, it's you know it's like trying to get blood out of that stone really in the respect of when there's funding involved, it becomes a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So um, well, it's one of those I'm hoping things that we might. Have I was going to say, someone of those things, you've got to keep fighting. Yeah, I'll keep fighting. It's something I'm passionate about. It's something I'm passionate about. And, you know, this is not about Liam McKenzie. So I'm just trying to make uh, certain things change, really. Because for what I, everything that I went through, um, I know how it was to go through that. And, and I, I felt that, the, the, the you know, the game lacked you know, lacked in certain areas. It was lacking in certain areas. So if I can raise awareness, if I can help even like one player um, get back on track or whatever it is um, that he's going through and concentrate on his career, then I'll be, I'll be happy. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much for Great. speaking to us, Liam. We're, we're going to let you go now because we've kept you more than long yeah. enough. But um, listen, I want to say it's a really right. inspiring book to read. Um, I wish, I oh, hope it has you have every success with it and obviously wish yeah. you and your, your family the very best for the future as well i'm sure every uh, i much appreciate that obviously i'm back i'm at crystal pa- i'm and i can't wait to come to fellest on saturday i'm at the brighton game because i'm i think i'm gonna i think i'm coming on the pitch at half time and anyway but um i've got a sign in to do after the game five till six i think it is that's right um yeah. 
so so yeah i look forward to to seeing everyone and Brilliant. really just to really thank just to thank supporters really well it's been an absolute pleasure Great. talking to you liam and and like i say all the very best for the future so all right thanks, man, a, thanks lot, a lot thank you both thank you bye now bye. Okay, that was the amazing Leon McKenzie. He's been through one hell of a lot, and believe me, we in forty-five minutes we didn't even scratch the surface of, of all the stuff in that book. And there's a fantastic, there's a whole section. Obviously, Palace are mentioned throughout it, but there's a whole section on Palace that's just fascinating with stories about Alan Smith and Neil Ruddock and nights out with Southgate and things like that. It's honestly, it, you really, really have to read it. Um, but basically, yeah, Leon, Leon's book, is My Fight With Life, is released on the 29th of November, published by McCantony Media. You can order it now from mccantonymedia.co.uk um, or amazon.co.uk, as well as from any good bookshop. I believe it's on iTunes as well. Cannot recommend it highly enough. It's different in tone and approach than any football book, autobiography I've ever read. I've read a fair few. It's a real sort of warts and all account of a fascinating career and a life that's well and, well and truly back on track. So... Do put it in on your Christmas list. And as Leon says, after the Brighton game, he will be doing a book signing at the club shop uh, between the hours of five and six. So if you want to go and get yourself a signed copy and show him your support, I think he'd appreciate it. So um, anyway, thank you for listening to that interview. And uh, and goodbye. Say bye, Mark. Cheerio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, Chris. As an ideal opportunity to say bye, Mark, wasn't it, when I said say bye, Mark? Anyway. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, mate. <laughs> it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.